0: You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall Editors of the Batuta Advocate On Desert Rock FM Welcome back to another Batuda Advocate Radio Hour Here on Desert Rock FM now, we're halfway through the longest election campaign in the history of this fine nation, so Errol and I thought we'd uh,
1: keep in that theme. Clancy, this week on the show, we have some Queensland royalty, as you exclaimed about six times this morning, one of our state's greatest exports to the rest of the country and indeed the rest of the world. Yes, she's heading to the polls on May 18, and it's
0: very safe to say the entire nation, especially the quilt bag community, is getting around her. Sorry, Clancy, what was it? The what bag? the quilt bag. What does that mean? Well, it's an acronym for a certain uh, community within our greater Australian population, which is the the queer uh, slash questioning undecided intersex lesbian trans brackets, transgender, transsexual, bisexual,
1: asexual and gay slash genderqueer community, the the quilt bag. Uh, Of course. Um, So I guess we must be talking about Eurovision as opposed to the federal election.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, the quilt bag community is much better represented in Eurovision than they are in the federal election. Correct you are, Errol. Today's guest is Kate Miller-Heidke, Australia's representative. At the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest this year, which will
1: be held in the Israeli city of Tel Aviv. And that's also taking place on the 18th of May, isn't it? The same day as the federal election. Yes, one of Scott Morrison's last
0: digs at the gays before the change in government. Anyway, Kate Miller-Heidke is taking a brand new song over to Israel with her this year, and we'll be playing that at the back end of today's episode.
1: Anyway, we recorded this earlier today down at the Dolphins Leagues Club, so here it is.
0: Well, here we are in the uh, beautiful Western Queensland Channel country. It's getting a bit cooler, thankfully. Uh, we're joined today by Queensland Royalty, one of uh, the most prolific singer songwriters to come out of the southeast corner in many years. Kate Miller Heidke, thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Now, Kate, you've got a lot going on right now. Um, you are about to enter a rather competitive arena. That is Eurovision. What have you been doing in preparation ahead of all of this?
2: Yeah, look, before all this, I honestly thought that Eurovision would involve me just going over and singing a song. That was extremely naive. And it's just taken over my entire life for like three months. I mean, a lot of rehearsals, a lot of dress fittings, a lot of press, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on this one three-minute song.
0: Well, they
1: sent you out here. That was a big flight. A lot of press. Yeah. Can you talk us through the process of how you get to represent Australia in, in Eurovision?
2: Well, in the past, it's been all negotiated behind closed doors. But this year was the first year that they've opened it up to a nationwide competition, which we had um, on the Gold Coast in February called Australia Decides. It was broadcast on TV and people could vote for their favour. It was like a sort of mini Australian version of Eurovision, really. Yeah.
0: Is that your first kind of encounter with that competition? It is. Music? You, didn't, you, didn't come th- you came through very traditional kind of uh, You came into the music in a traditional kind of sense. You didn't come through any of those shows or anything yeah. like that. You were probably probably a bit more naturally, organically became a household name as opposed to, you know, Malboy and, and Guy Sebastian who've have been in the competitions before.
2: It's actually been something I've deliberately avoided throughout my career, like especially when I was first starting out. Um, a lot of people used to tell me I should go on Australian Idol that um, dates me but I um, actually had a song about that but um, which provoked a feud with Anthony Kalia which still has lasted to this day Still, <laughs> yeah but um
0: Anthony who off the, off the Christmas card list anyway not
2: but yeah and I, actually having gone through that competition now I have you know more heightened respect for those people because it requires this sort of steely nerve mm-hmm. um, and a level of focus and just you know that competitive edge which doesn't come naturally to me as a musician I've got a fragile ego mm-hmm. um, it's not Easy putting yourself up there to be judged by people, and Eurovision fans are incredibly passionate. And if they hate your song, they will go out of their way to tell you so. Yeah. Like, they won't just ignore it, which is what most people do when they hate music. Yeah. They take it, like, as a personal affront.
0: So, you don't have that kind of thick skin that comes with the Hillsong Church and Australian Idol and that kind of. Uh,
2: I. Uh, no. Nah, it's. <laughs> My, you know, if I read any negative comment about myself online, I'll just go over it for like two weeks in my head. Oh, right. It's, yeah. it's not good. I mean, it's... Well, yeah. you're an artist and
0: that's, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a sports person, you're an artist and, and you come from um, a very quiet part of the world. Well, are you actually from Indrapilly, or you just went to school out that way?
2: I grew up in Indropilly, yeah. Right. yeah. Are you guys from Brisbane too?
0: Yeah, we're Queenslanders, and that is obviously a beautiful part of the world. It's close to our heart, the Indropilly Bridge. We remember when the fat guy had to get craned out of that. Um,
2: oh, oh, my God, I hadn't thought about that for years. Yeah, yeah. well, that's my stomping round, like Indropilly Shopping Town, right. Westfield.
0: Because it's a great shopping centre, Indo, because it has a pub in it.
2: Pig and Whistle. The
0: Pig and Whistle, oh, yeah. which never really made me... Like, at what point do you peel off for a few skuies
1: while you're at Westfield? <laughs> I don't know. It's I've
2: sick. been for dates there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it was uh, it was it, it was way ahead of its time. I think. Uh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pioneering pig and whistle. Mm. But when I was at school, there was underneath you could get underneath the car park um, into this weird, very sort of unhygienic, unsafe. We used to call it hell. Oh. And there were yeah. all like bongs and stuff down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: just paraf- teenage paraphernalia Yeah. Just yeah. Floating around if in the if you didn't have. A bong cave as a teenager. Mm. Are are you even from Brisbane? Yeah, that's it. I mean, there there was no beach for a lot of
0: those kids. (laughs) No. Big brown river and um, a little hideaway to Paul
1: Curran's. (laughs) Until Joe gave us uh, South Bank.
0: South Bank, yeah. Yeah. that was. There was no beach in uh, Queensland until South Bank. He gave
1: everyone in Brisbane a chance to experience the beach and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, so a couple of horrible diseases too. I heard that were coming out of there. I think well, it's there very was, similar to
0: Western Sydney. Yeah, there was uh, one kid who got
1: a rheumatic fever. Yes, from South a, Bank. Yeah, oh my
0: but God. Back back then, <laughs> vagrants used to actually bathe in South Bank. It's come a long way yeah. since um, since that particular. Anyway, moving on. Um, how does a uh, humble uh, Queensland girl? You know, when you became a household name and a you know a musician that was charted and early to late 2000s to now, in the very what is very much a southern centric industry, how did you go down there? Because there's a lot of competitive animal. We met Dan Salton, by the way, and he's very very competitive person, and he's also very favoured because he's a southerner. How did it feel when you kind of uh, launched into that world?
2: Um. In the outer burbs of Brisbane, a music career seems like a crazy pipe dream and um, a ridiculous thing to even consider, you know. My parents sort of indulgently said, oh, just give it a try, you know, for a couple of years and then go to uni and do something real. And um, you do feel detached from, like, I guess, the, the main bulk of the industry labels and agents and stuff. Having said that, though, like, there's kind of a cool incubator for... Music in Brisbane. There is a pretty good music scene, some really good venues, and um, really supportive. I, I found it a really supportive, nurturing kind of scene.
0: Vulture Street, obviously one of the most iconic streets in Australian music,
1: runs down the, the heart of Brisbane. And of course, there's uh, out at Redcliffe too. You know, home of the BGs. <laughs> I suppose. So you know, there's a lot of people in this world who say they're from the Isle of Man, that they're Manx, but um, you know, I think most of those people are are from the south that like to, you know... Discredit Queensland music. Yeah. And
0: who could forget the 18 months that the Gibbs brothers spent living in Redcliffe? <laughs> yep, they <laughs>
1: almost ended up at the Dolphins,
0: I heard. Yeah, you, know. that, well, you wouldn't forget it because they put a bronze statue of them as toddlers. Uh, so, Redcliffe, you know, a lot of talent coming out of, of Queensland, southeast corner corner. Uh, when you first kind of entered the music industry... Like, and you started hearing your, your songs on ads and on TV and on the radio because now it's obviously going—you're going to be all across the news with Eurovision. How do you deal with that kind of um, popularity, <laughs> that ambush of fame?
2: Oh, uh, look. The thing is about this song, um, Zero Gravity, is that it was written for the Eurovision stage. Mm-hmm. It was—it's kind of a theatrical, really, really dynamic song. Um, it's not the kind of song that I don't think is ever going to get played on radio mm-hmm. or, like, TV ads or anything like that. Like, it was written with one specific destination yep. in mind. So, I don't know. Yeah, Like, obviously, yeah, there's this extra kind of burst of um, attention and stuff that comes with Eurovision. And I guess I'm old enough now to just kind of try to enjoy it and yep. um, while it lasts because it doesn't last.
1: So, is that how it works for every country? I mean, you know, is... Like, say, for example, the the team from Norway. Would they have a team of, you know, musicians and the songwriting team they would all be from Norway? Is it all like, you know, is it like the Olympics or like the Commonwealth Games of songwriting?
2: Actually, often they get songwriters from other countries um, and sometimes they get other nationalities to represent, like, countries as well. I think the guy from... Representing San Marino, which mm-hmm. is a country of like 30,000 people, comes yep. from Malta or something because right. they ran out of people that they in ran there. out
1: of people who can sing yeah. at, at an acceptable level.
2: Yeah, they've yeah. got like the equivalent of a couple of big high schools worth of people in the whole country. Um, and Gina G once represented the UK.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, and of course, the traitor Olivia Newton John in 1974, representing the UK well before we were allowed in. Um, <laughs> It is it is actually yeah it, conspiracies conspiracies um, I mean there's a lot going on there there's hired hands from other countries we're proud to say that you are an all Australian team though aren't we Kate heading over there
2: absolutely yeah there's no there's no bloody Norwegians behind the scenes like pulling the strings. <laughs>
0: no Moldovan violinists
2: Or <laughs> working to sabotage me I'm sure there are all sorts of machinations going on though
0: Well only time will tell, I guess. Won't <laughs> you, <no? laughs> No, but how did it first come, when you were when you first kind of experienced that wave of albums and your number one songs or your charted songs, did you did that come as a rush? Like, you know, now you're a pop star. How did that feel?
2: Yeah, it was a rush. Mm. It felt really good. Yeah, I guess like it was something that I'd been kind of working towards for a long time and it, it d- didn't come overnight or really quickly to me. Like it wasn't until my second album that I really had, you know, like a hit and yeah. It felt really good.
0: Now you've all across the board in in the music industry you've done plays as well stage plays. Muriel's Wedding how did that come about?
2: Well I'd written an opera called The Rabbits for Opera Australia based on a beautiful book by Sean Tan and John Marsden. and Muriel's Wedding was sort of had been in the works for a few years by then they had PJ Hogan the original writer-director attached to write the script and great director Simon Phillips. And they had all these sort of numerous like composers um, and songwriters attached who gradually left the project or got fired one by one. And producers saw the rabbits and asked me and my husband, Keir, to be involved in Muriel. And it was like the dream project for us. And then by that point, it was sort of too late to fire us because they already had a season booked. So it was like a combination of luck and timing.
1: So, where does one learn how to write an opera? I mean, like, do you go to uni and is there, like, like a couple of courses that, that you can do this, you know, like <laughs> how to turn this into an opera?
2: Yeah, you're supposed to do that, or, yeah. well, you can do that. You can do it, right. Um, although my husband applied for composition at a university, I won't say which one. And he basically didn't get let in because it wasn't, his work wasn't atonal and um, mm. inaccessible enough. Um,
0: (laughs) inaccessible (laughs) enough sounds a lot like the arts yes in um in in many in many different factions across the arts in australia it is a lot like that it wasn't inaccessible enough
2: well particularly in the sort of high elite arts like i think for for one reason or another they really value like they're big on the 12 tone scale and Mm. theoretical music they don't really care about the audience's Mm. experience of it Um, And I, so I I actually, I never studied composition. Um, I just sort of plunged into Mm. the rabbits and it was a really steep learning curve. And I had a lot of help from Ian Grandage, who was my musical director and arranger.
0: So you guys kind of came from a bit left field to take over that project and saved it. So basically what I've just, um, a comparison I've come up with is you and your husband are for Muriel's wedding, the stage play. What Bradley Cooper was for *A Star Is Born*, you, know, you saved it from <laughs> development hell and and then brought it to the people.
2: Oh uh, look, yeah, I, that's not kind of what I was going for when <laughs> I told that story. I was, I, I um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of other people would have done a great job, but uh, there's something about the Australian-ness of Muriel's Wedding, and mm. particularly the world popper spit, You know, we all we're all from Queensland here, and we and Kier is. Especially from Queensland. I mean, he's from Toowoomba. So, yeah. Yeah. um, Garden City. Garden City. (laughs) It's it's a very familiar world, and the characters, you know, they just resonate with my my DNA.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, You also have done a lot of big festivals around the world. What was your favourite that you think you've done? I mean, and. You can say an Australian one, but Coachella sounds pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I've played at Coachella, and it is cool. I mean, it looks... If you just judge it from people's Instagram posts, it yeah. looks terrible. Elizabeth Cambridge,
0: uh. yeah. Like, I
2: just wouldn't... Yeah, I can But you go there, and, like, miraculously, not everyone is hot, and mm. it's sort of just yeah. music lovers. It sort of feels a bit like Bluesfest, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, the, my favourite festival in the world is a Woodford Folk Festival. Yeah. And every um, New Year's Eve at 11.30pm, they have three minutes of silence and the entire festival, like 30,000 people, um, fall silent and light candles and it's a beautiful moment.
0: And there's Woodford's one of those festivals where there's festival babies, like where people are conceived mm. at Wood, Woodford. I mean, I haven't heard of that since Woodstock, really, but there are a lot of families that kind of grow up going there, and some, you know, yeah. Yeah. some kids are conceived there. And
2: yeah,
1: like Hawkey. You yeah, know? Hawk.
2: Well, he was conceived there. <laughs> yeah, he yeah.
1: was conceived at Woodford. I <laughs> actually had
2: New Year's Eve with him a couple of years ago at Woodford, yeah. and it was amazing, and he led the whole. Table and a big sing along of Solidarity Forever, and it was a really right. special moment. A
0: bit of a union ballads making their way into Woodford. We, um, we, we, we know that he, <laughs> he goes there every year, and um, of course, uh, Kev Carmody's been a, a recurring kind of. Uh, have, you, have you performed there many times? Yeah,
2: lots of times.
0: It's, um, it's up there with the Gimpy Muster, I have to say. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've played at the Gimpy Muster too. That was awesome, yeah. Except yeah. it was, yeah, no, really awesome
0: problem with Gibby Master is the occasional leech but you know it's a it's a good it's a good part of the world um Byron Bay Blues Fest just finished Have you had much to do with uh
1: that part of the world Blues Fest is the real Byron festival I think you can judge what a festival is in Byron by the, the amount of pot you know that's in the air and I think you know at Festivals like Splendor, I think you know, it's gotten a bit commercialized. You know, not enough
3: been, pot. It's got,
1: no. it's gotten a bit powder finger I think that if you take it back a bit, the more pot there is at mm. a festival, the nicer it is.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it is a peaceful music loving yeah. sort of drug. Yeah, yeah mm. definitely.
0: I'd have yeah. made it greened out during Bob Dylan. At, um, yeah, that sounds
1: first... like hell. Yeah. I was...
2: actually, I just even, even... Bob
1: now. You know, like could you imagine that? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a fate worse than death, Yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, like,
0: how has that been over the years? Like, kind of now your family is uh, in the industry, I guess you could say. So you've gone kind of gone from touring... And now it's a family affair. Do you think your your little boy will end up kind of... You'll be a bit like the Von Trapps, maybe? Oh,
2: God. <laughs> well, that's my dream for him, obviously. I'd like it if he could just be like a roadie for us, but uh, he um, he's not showing any signs of musical talent yet. Okay. My mother said he's very out of tune compared to what I was at his age, oh. so he's, it's a bit of a disappointment in that regard. But he he does love um, the limelight. He He hates my singing. He doesn't... Right, right. Want a bar of it?
0: Would he clock it? Would he recognise it if he if it was playing? Would he know that's my mine? music? Yeah. yeah,
2: and he's asked for it to be turned off. <laughs> he he does sing um, zero gravity, um, but right. he sings penis gravity.
0: Oh, ah. maybe he could come work for us. I don't know. <laughs> now tell us a little bit about Eurovision. Heading into that now, what's wh- where from here? You've got this a couple of weeks.
2: I, I've only got a week until I have to go. Um, and I've got some pretty intensive rehearsals in that time. Um, it's, I can't give away any spoilers about the staging, but mm-hmm. it's being like, quite substantially reworked from what it was at the Gold mm-hmm. Coast. And it, there's an intense sort of technical element as a new skill that I've had to learn, physical skill. Um, so, yeah. Exciting? Yeah, really exciting. Actually, I can't wait to show people what it is. If it works, it's going to be amazing.
0: Okay, well, can we vote? Can Australians vote?
2: Uh, you can vote, but not for me. You can only vote for the other yeah. countries, which makes sense because, you know, if Russia could vote, they'd just win every year. <laughs> well,
0: they're going to rig it anyway, but, yeah. So, uh, well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll start a campaign now similar to the Trump election to get yeah. Russian interference on the votes for you. Oh,
2: that's a great yeah. idea.
0: But we are wishing you the best.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming all the way out to Batuta.
2: My pleasure. It's a a beautiful town.
0: We'll see you again next time. And that was Kate Miller-Heidke, our only shot at winning the Eurovision Song Contest this year. Please tell your non-Australian European friends to vote for her or uh, organise a VPN, I
1: believe you could do. Yes, yes, a virtual private network, I think the kids call it. Anyway, Clancy, it's a tall mountain to climb, but if there's anyone who can slay the Russian bear in its own backyard... It's Alan Cade from Indrapilly. Indeed, Errol. Now, remember for uh,
0: the rest of you punters out there, uh, if you find yourself in the market for a new T-shirt, stubby cooler, Steeden football, or just uh, any other Mother's Day present, head
1: to the old city district's favourite family store. Batuta Outfitters have been clothing the Batutanese people for generations and their latest catalogue is available online through their website, which is at www. BatutorOutfitters.com and as a reward for listening this far into the podcast edition of the show the Batuta Advocate is offering the general public free use of their staff discount code that's right at the checkout enter the code word advocate25 to get 25% off your order Make sure to get in now before Mother's Day. Our floodwaters are going down as we speak and the mail truck is back on. And to play us out, here's Zero Gravity, the song
0: Kate Miller-Heidke is going to be singing at Eurovision on May 18th. Until next week,
1: I'm Clancy Overall, you be kind to each other. And I'm Errol Parker. Stay out of the pokies and teach your kids to fear the police.
3: Stone in my shoe I've been aching, Fear So heavy, I have got to let you go. I'm going with zero gravity. Zero gravity. Zero gravity.